0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith
1: We will only tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines, they replied. We won't kill you. So they tied him up with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. Now they take Samson and they turn him over to the Philistines and he's tied up, bound up. But the Spirit of God comes on him; Those ropes just melt away. And single-handedly, he kills 1,000 Philistines without a sword, without a spear, and just the jawbone of a donkey.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see you're changing eyes. As Pastor Ed continues his teaching series through the book of Judges, he'll be encouraging us to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit as we study the life of Samson. Samson was taken captive by the Philistines and was greatly outnumbered, yet God empowered him to overcome the odds. This just goes to show that with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Whenever you're facing a trial, just know that God is big enough to deliver you. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, when insiders live like outsiders.
1: In faith. We're studying the last of the judges in the book of Judges. Now, first Samuel, Eli was a judge and Samuel was actually a judge in Israel as well. And During this time period of Samson, he was a contemporary of Samuel. So there there was this uh, overlap of time. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we study the last of the Judges in the book of Judges. We're going to be reading from the book of Judges. I'm gonna be looking at chapter 14 and 15. We looked at chapter 13, his birth, and it was an extraordinary birth. There was no birth like it in the Old Testament. Twice, twice, there was a theophany. That's an appearance of the Lord Jesus to his parents, announcing that Samson would be born, and he would be a Nazarite. He would be someone especially dedicated to the Lord, that he would begin a deliverance in Israel. Before he was ever born, his birth was foretold. And it was announced, his special role. And so with this spectacular announcement, this annunciation, you're expecting that he's going to be the best of all the judges. In fact, there's more information given about Samson than any other judge. But when you read it, you're sorely disappointed. Because he really is the worst of all the judges. This morning, the message is entitled, When Insiders Live Like Outsiders. When those inside the house of God, inside the covenant relationship with God, wind up living like those outside the kingdom, the family. When insiders live like outsiders. I'm going to pick up at the end of a series of events that happens in Samson's life. Judah, the tribe that was to lead the nation in freeing them and defeating all of their enemies in the book of Judges. They're the tribe chosen by God to lead a deliverance. They're looking for Samson not to lead them but to turn him over to the Philistines. What a turn of events from the beginning towards the end, from the first judge to the last judge. What a contrast. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So 3,000 men of Judah, verse 11 of chapter 15. So 3,000 men of Judah went down to get Samson at the cave in the rock of Hetham. They said to Samson, Don't you realize the Philistines rule over us? Wow. Don't you realize that they rule over us? What are you doing to us? But Samson replied, I only did to them what they did to me. Wow. What type of comment is that? I'm only seeking to get back. Eye for eye. That's all. What they did to me, I'm going to do to them. Not going to get away with it. But the men of Judah told him, we have come to tie you up and to hand you over to the Philistines. All right, Samson said, but promise that you won't kill me yourselves. Here a judge of Israel has the tribe of Judah turn against him and wants to turn him over to the Philistines. All right, Samson said, but promise you won't kill me yourself. We will only tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines, they replied. We won't kill you. So they tied him up with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. Now they take Samson and they turn him over to the Philistines. And he's tied up, bound up, but the Spirit of God comes on him. Those ropes just melt away. And single-handedly, he kills 1,000 Philistines without a sword, without a spear, and just the jawbone of a donkey. A fresh jawbone, so its its teeth were in place, and it was more durable. A thousand, and I want to. After this battle, he's finished, and he names it Jawbone Hill. He threw away the jawbone, and the place he named it Jawbone Hill. Verse eighteen: Samson was now very thirsty. He cries out to the Lord, "You have accomplished this great victory by the strength of your servant. Must I now die?" have thirst and fall into the hands of these pagans or these uncircumcised Philistines, as another version says. So God caused water to gush out of the hollow of the ground at Lehi and Samson was revived as he drank and he named the place, the spring of the one who cried out and it is still in Lehi to this day. Samson judged Israel for 20 years during the period when the Philistines dominated The land. Now, that's also different from every other judge. Every other judge was able to get victory over their enemies. This judge just ruled when the land was dominated, ruled by their enemies. What a fascinating study. And as we unpack it this morning, you're going to see the impact when an insider lives like an outsider. Florida, small city, there was a woman and she looked very, very old. Uh, They called her Garbage Mary in her neighborhood. Now, Garbage Mary was disheveled. Uh, She would go into the garbage cans and get food out of the garbage cans and she lived in a small two-bedroom apartment and she had a small car and people thought she was crazy. Well, finally, uh, the police picked her up. They institutionalized her. And they went to her home just to pick up some of her belongings and to find out a little bit more about her. And when they got to her home, they were utterly surprised. It was a mess, but there was money all over. Cash. Cash in her car, money in her car, money in her apartment. There were real estate Documents. They were stock documents. In fact, they discovered that she was a millionaire. And as they did further investigation, they realized that uh, what had happened is she had gone through two very difficult marriages. And it pushed her over the edge. And she became a reclusive. She didn't have any friends, any relationships. But she lived like she had absolutely Nothing, and she had these incredible resources. That's a picture of Samson. He had incredible resources, abilities, skills, gifts, calling. I mean, he was the strongest man that ever lived. He made Atlas look like a 90-pound weakling or something. I mean, he was an incredible warrior, an intelligent man, a strong man. And yet, he was the least successful of all the judges. He squandered his opportunities and he never used his resources. This is the story of Samson. I want you to look at his life this morning and I want you to notice that the difficulty The thing that makes a person, an insider, live like an outsider is spiritual compromise. Spiritual compromise. Now, there's things that happen when we begin to compromise spiritually. First of all, you see it, there's a deafness, a deafness that accompanies spiritual compromise. We're going to begin the story in chapter 14. Here Samson goes down to Timnah. And at Timnah, he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Now that was taboo. That was crossing the line. First of all, he was a Jew and Jews would not intermarry. God in his word said, don't do it. Don't intermarry with someone of another faith. Those pagans, those uncircumcised people, don't associate, don't marry. And he was a Nazarite. He had a special vow to be separate. And so he goes to his mom and dad. He said, I found the one for me. But his father and his mother said to him, is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among our people? that you must go take a wife from uncircumcised Philistines? They were alarmed. They remember the prophecies that were spoken concerning Samson. They remember that theophany when God came down and said, here's his destiny, here's his role. And as he grew up, they trained and they taught him. And now to suddenly see their son saying, I'm going to marry a woman that does not worship Jehovah God, that's not a part of the covenant relationship with God. And here's what Samson does. Listen to his response to his mom and dad. But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. Get her for me. I know what I want, and I'm going to get what I want. That was his attitude. Now I want you to notice, disregarding the directive of spiritual authority is a sign that a person's not hearing God, that they're not listening to God's voice. In verse three, but his father and mother said to him, is not there a woman among you, the daughters of your relatives, or all the people, must you go take a wife of this uncircumcised Philistine? What, what he's doing right here is he's pushing aside his parents, he's disregarding his heritage. He's not going to listen to spiritual authority. One of the signs that a person is moving away from God rather than towards God, that they're an insider living like an outsider, is the very fact that they will not listen to spiritual authority. Don't tell me that. Now, if you look real carefully at the text, and I chose the English Standard Version because it brings out literally what the Hebrew is saying in verse 3, get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. Where have we heard that before? We hear it later on in the book when all of Israel, it says, this is what they do in chapter 17 verse six, in those days Israel had no king, all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. See, again and again, it doesn't matter what God says. It doesn't matter what his word says. It doesn't matter what his parents say. All it matters is what he feels. If it feels good, do it. God help us. Does it sound familiar? I don't want to be bound to that old time religion. I don't want to lose step with the culture and society. What happened is the people were getting further and further and further and further away from God. And as they did that, they would not listen to his word. They would not listen to the godly counsel. I remember talking to an older preacher back in early 1980s. Brother Paul Lohenberg, he was one of the great preachers of the Assemblies of God. I was driving him from First Assembly to the airport, taking him back after he spoke at, I believe it was District Council. And when I was taking him back, I asked him, what's the difference between preaching today and preaching years ago? And he said this. He said, years ago, preaching was God-centered. Today, preaching is man-centered. What happens is, it's not about God it's about what I want. It's not about what he says, it's about what I feel. That's a reflection of the culture and truly Samson reflects his times. So disregarding the directive of spiritual authority, disregarding the intervention of divine providence. Now follow me on this. Samson goes down with his father and mother to Timnah and it's not very far from where he lives, so he goes a number of miles down, and they come to a vineyard. Now, his parents go on, but he goes into this vineyard. What was a Nazarite not supposed to do? Drink alcohol, drink wine. Now, maybe he's thinking about the wedding feast. Maybe he's thinking about the type of grapes that they could crush, I don't know. But he's going in this vineyard, and all of a sudden, a young lion jumps out and is about to devour him. Satan is like that roaring lion seeking to devour believers. He's out of the will of God, going against what his parents say, going against what the word says, and this lion comes out, and yet you see the grace of God. He tears this lion apart just with his bare hands. No weapon in his hands, just his bare hands, the strength of God. There you see God's grace. But there you see God trying to stop him. See, God was trying to redirect him. He was going in the wrong direction. Have you ever met God? And he said, stop, stop. And he says, don't go in that direction. And that's what God is doing here. Because once he wrestled that lion and killed it, as a Nazarite, he had to go to the temple. He had to go to, rather, the tabernacle. He had to cleanse himself he had to go through all sorts of rituals it would take at least eight days so he would have had to stop the arrangements he would have had to gone in the other direction he would have had to been cleansed that's why he doesn't say anything to his mother and dad silent because they would have been horrified they would have said you're unclean you're an hazard remember what you're supposed to do aren't you hearing God speak to you he was the strongest man that ever lived, but morally he was weak. People can have all sorts of intelligences, but sometimes they lack moral intelligence. And that can be, and that will be to a Christian, their undoing. His strength, remember, it came from his separation. Let me say that again. Your strength in God comes from being separate from the world and separated unto God. It comes from drawing a line in the sand and say, I will not cross God's boundaries. I will not cross biblical principles. I will not cross spiritual authority. Samson there's a deafness that accompanies his spiritual compromise. Spiritual compromise is the path that makes an insider an outsider. Then something else happens. It always happens. The environment that reflects spiritual compromise compromise. You could look at the environment. You could look at the surroundings. Now you're going to see this all around him in verses 9 to 11. I won't read the text completely but what we notice is what we read earlier is that Judah comes and here's the tribe that was called by God to lead the way and to win the victory and to defeat the enemy and to cleanse the land and here they're coming and saying to Samson, Samson We're going to turn you over. We don't want any conflict with the Philistines. We don't want a war with them. See, they were surrendering. They were so accustomed to just things the way they were. And here here they are. And you notice this they have the wrong viewpoint, and that's their norm. Wrong viewpoints become the norm when we live in an environment of spiritual compromise. Listen to what they say in verse 11. Don't you realize the Philistines rule over us? What are you doing to us? You're causing trouble. What are you doing? Don't you realize? They should have remembered what Gideon said. Gideon said, the Lord will rule over you. Don't let the enemies of the Lord rule over your life. Don't let the seven deadly sins rule over your life. We're in conflict and we will be until the day we die with the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's a battle that is ongoing. And people get to the point that they embrace the viewpoint of the world. Well, everybody, that was the attitude of Judah now. It had changed. It was no longer, we're going to fight the enemy. They had lost their fight. Now, I want you to see what else happens. That environment, they have this wrong viewpoint, but also what motivates chapter 14, chapter 15 is this ongoing spirit of retaliation. They have wrong motivations become the driver. Here's just one verse, verse seven. It's Samson, because you did this, Samson vowed, I won't rest until I take my revenge on you. Every time Samson is motivated, Throughout his story, it's, he's always taking revenge. He's always getting back. He has a real anger problem. <laughs> They're not going to get one up on me. Instead of being motivated by the glory of God, instead of being motivated by trying to help the brethren, instead of being motivated by the motivations that are acceptable to God, hell is sort of, fueling his motivations. Why do people do what they do? I'm going to get her back. (laughs) I'm going to get my two cents in. That's Samson. He is motivated by revenge. There are two fires that burn in his heart, and they are not holy fires. They are unholy fires. The one fire is the fire of revenge, and the other fire is the fire of lust. And they're going to drive him to disaster. So what's the environment that reflects spiritual compromise? It's a viewpoint that's wrong. It's, it's not in harmony with God. It's, it's not the mind or the heart of God. It is a motivation that's wrong. That's why we say, search me, O God, know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Now, God's gonna use all of this. He's amazing how he does it all. See, God never calls us to negotiate with sin, only to wage war with it. When insiders live like outsiders, you see the consequence of spiritual compromise. Hear me, hear me, hear me on this. He he sees this beautiful woman, his parents don't want the marriage to happen, her parents it seems like they don't want the marriage to happen. And so he goes, and there they're at Timnah, and Samson is a strong man, they know that. And so what they do is they assign 30 people to be with him, Philistines. Oh, here's your friends, Samson. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Here's your friends. And so in verses 11 and 13, you see the consequences of spiritual compromise. When the bride's parents saw him, they selected 30 young men from the town to be his companions.
0: Women in ministry is a topic that has a variety of opinions surrounding it. The book of Judges highlights a particular woman who is not only a mighty warrior, but a wise leader in the nation of Israel. Through this study, Pastor Ed will share with us the important role that women play in the body of Christ. And this is only one important truth we'll learn as we study the book of Judges. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching verse by verse through the Book of Judges right here on Building in Faith. Your Lord restores
1: and